I have a message today, and I believe what happened is it's called Why Blood? Why Blood? Uh, why is the gospel about that? And uh, this week I sat down to have uh, some devotional time with the Lord. And as I sat down, I was going to just sit in His presence like I normally do, pray a little while, you know, just love Him, worship Him, be quiet, uh, read the words. I have a, a you know, con- uh, through the Bible kind of a plan. It goes from, it's kind of like a chronological thing. And I do my best to quiet my heart. And all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, these, uh, out of the Holy Spirit, I guess, these thoughts flooded my heart about the blood of Jesus. So with the blood of Jesus started just, it, it, uh, it hit me. And I was like, so several days later, the same thing. It was just uh, a current thought. So I started praying. Heather and I, we, you know, we're, we're praying. I'm, I'm praying the blood of the wall of the blood against this, you know, virus and all this stuff. So I'm just praying. Because, you know, how many have you found out you get a little cough and you think, do I have it? You get a headache, do I have it? So I put the blood of Jesus against all of those thoughts. I put the blood of the Lamb against all of the thoughts. Oh, I feel a little sore. I put the blood of Jesus against them. So I started praying that. I started praying about the blood of Jesus against all that. I started feeling better because it was it quit encroaching on me because I put the blood up against it. As you know, put the blood up against it. That was a little noisy, wasn't it? Anyway, uh, that's what I was doing. So today, I would like to emphasize a little bit about the blood and ask the question, what is in the importance of blood and what's the importance of the blood of Jesus? But before I get into that, I have another realm or layer of revelation to open up to you that I'm pretty certain you haven't heard in this way. 1 John 5 verse 6 says, This is He who came by water and blood, not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. Now, the next two verses in the next slide say it, what I want to deal with. 1 John 5, 7 and 8 says this. See, for there are three. Everybody say three. There are three that testify. There are three that testify. The Spirit and the water and the blood. These three agree. Now, I'm going to jump to one other verse right quick because Jesus actually brought this up with Nicodemus when he said, it's the next verse, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of, born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom. The which is born of, everybody say, water is the flesh realm. Water is the flesh realm. And the Spirit is the spirit realm. See? So water and Spirit. Okay, so now I'm going to put that verse up there again. There are three that testify, the Spirit and the water, and the blood, these three agree. So there's these three that agree. Everybody say laws of creation. Law of gravity. Did you know there's another law? And it's called the law of giving. The law of giving. God designed everything in creation. Everything to give. Everything. Everything gives something. If it doesn't give something, it dies. For instance, water. We're going to look at this. The water gives life wherever it goes. Now, water can be salty water. 
It's in the ocean. What happens? God has planned a way for it to evaporate. It loses the salt. It goes up and it forms little droplets and becomes rain in the clouds. Depending on the temperature, that rain will go over and drop on mountains and it could drop snow. So you have these snow banks. As it sits there, it seeps into the ground and those where the water tables come from. It's always moving. It's always giving. It's always resourcing. Rain comes. It'll melt. It flows down. Flows down the mountains. Goes from you know spring, spring forth up out of those mountains. It's moving. It's giving life. It keep, it cycles through. So everything that it does, it gives life. Ever say water brings life. Bring water brings life in the external realm. Just and let me just go ahead and say, if you don't have water you die. So water brings life to you in your internal realm. Is that right? So water is very, very essential. It brings life. Water has to be flowing. When water ceases flowing, what happens? If it's like a marshy realm, you know, life can grow. There's certain things, but there's disease that can happen. It can, hello, stagnate, hello. Now, if it's stored under the, in the ground where it's where it's uh, like in a well, that's a different thing. But if it's stored, and even the Red Sea is the most beautiful picture where the water doesn't go, it, does, it quits giving. When the water quits giving, it stays stationary and it's no longer giving life. So water is that way. Now, that's the first one. It must give and circulate. Everybody say flow and circulate to bring life. The blood is the same way. The blood is the same way on the inside of your body. The blood must flow and circulate. The primary thing that the blood in the physical realm is does is two things. It brings oxygen to the cells. And then it removes the carbon monoxide or dioxide and it takes that out to the lungs so that you can expel it. That's the primary function of the blood inside the body. The Bible actually says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. What happens when the blood is on the outside of your body and not on the inside of your body? <laughs> now, if all of it's on the outside, that means you're dead. Okay, so blood works in the same way in the body. It must circulate. Everybody say it must flow and circulate. It must flow and circulate to bring life. Now, in the same way that the blood flows in the body to give life, so the spirit must flow and circulate into your spirit. There's another realm. There's the external, like I said, the, the water has to do now, we're talking about the regular natural source of water. We're not talking about the spiritual impact because there can be a spiritual, you know, when, for instance, the spiritual impact of water, even though it's really regular water, it says there's three that testify. When you, go bab when you get baptized in, the, in water, the Holy Spirit makes something come alive. What is it? It makes the power of the blood alive in the water. And there's a cleansing impact. And you go down, and you down in, into the water, and you come up. And there's a work of the Holy Spirit that manifests and brings a renewal to your spirit life, newness of life in Christ. So the Spirit of God circulates your spiritual life with these three things, at least, truth, love, 
and trust from the Father. Truth, love, and trust flow from the Father. Truth, love, and trust are to circulate from God's heart to our hearts, giving us eternal life. The water flows, gives life to the planet and to your body. The blood flows and gives life to your body. So must the Spirit of God flow to give life to your spirit. How does God's Spirit of truth, love, and trust come to us? Here's how it came to us. First of all, Jesus had to be born of water as a human being. In other words, he was born just like we are natural. He was born a human. Everybody say born a human. That was the, Jesus, you must be born of water and of the Spirit. Well, he was, he says, from the flesh, you got to be, you got to be alive in the flesh realm. But then you're disconnected from God in the spirit realm. And so now you've got to be born again of the spirit. So Jesus was born of the water. And then Jesus had to be sinless. And he had to shed his blood. So now his blood must be shed for us, right? Everybody knows that part. Okay. Now here's the other part. This is the interesting part. Jesus had to enter into our death. This is a key moment. Jesus had to enter into our death by pouring out his blood and then rising and giving us his spirit. So then and only then could we be reconnected to the spirit of truth, the spirit of God that brings truth into us, brings love into us, and brings this trust of the Father back into us. Now, Leviticus 17.11. Let's look up here. Would you read this with me? For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Stop there. Let's say it again. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. I said that a little earlier, but this is the Old Testament, and he's declaring something's going to happen now. He's going, Here's, there's, there's life that's manifest. Life is in the blood. Then he says, And I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. You go, what in the world? So I I think it might be good to look at the word atonement. This word atonement means payment for wrong or injury. That's what it means, payment. The secondary uh, word uh, for atonement in the Bible means the reconciliation of God and humankind through Jesus Christ. So it's a payment. So atonement is a payment. Now there's these three pictures in the atonement. The first one is actually in the Garden of Eden. What happens? Right? Remember? Adam and Eve sinned. Got it? Adam, where are you? Right? Well, we hid ourselves because we were naked and we said we were ashamed. Who told you we were naked? This lady you gave me, she's <laughs> the blame game. Was this the snake? Nobody took a responsibility. So this is what the, they were standing there, and they had taken little fig leaves, and they had made a little, little costume, and they had little fig leaves covering up their private parts. They tried to cover themselves because they were ashamed. You got it? What did God do? Here's what God did. He sacrificed an animal. It's the first picture in the Bible of the shedding of blood. It's the first picture. And what happens? Apparently, it probably was maybe a sheep because two things occurred 
And this is the key to understanding this. The blood was shed, and everybody repeat this, and a covering was provided. Wow. Everybody say covering. See, now their shame was covered. Their shame was covered. We see this picture again later. By the way, that covering, Jesus shed his blood, and what? There's a covering that comes over our life. Covers our, it says, blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven, whose sins are covered. The second picture we see of the covering idea is when Moses was with the children of Israel. And they were in Egypt. And uh, Moses was told by God that he was going to now destroy all the firstborn in the land. By the way, there's a principle in the Bible that all the firstborn, it's like a law in God's heart. All the firstborn are mine. They're always mine. So if you give it to him or not, if you take it from him, you're stealing. That's why the first of our fruits, first fruits of our labors, they belong to God. They're all his. That's his. So what happens? He says, I want you to take a lamb into your household. And then on this particular day, I want you to sacrifice the lamb and I want you to take the blood. And I want to take the blood and I want you to put it on the doorpost of your home. So you put the door on the doorpost, and you could imagine, you know, you put it on this side, you put it on this side, and put it on the middle, and then it would drop down to the floor, and it looks like the cross, right? So what happens? What's going to happen because of that? That's a covering. Everybody say covering. Because an angel of death, the death angel of God, comes into the land, and what does it do? It sees the blood, and what? It passes over because you're covered passes over. So then all the Egyptian firstborn kids are killed, but all of the Jewish kids are alive because of the, and that's where the concept of Passover comes from. Now, the third picture. Okay, the third picture is when uh, a, a basic Israelite sinner comes to, brings his lamb before a priest, and this is what's going to happen. He's going to put his hand on the head of the lamb representing this lamb is going to die for his sins and his shame. He's going to put his hand there as a kind of a transference, a picture of transference. Now, everybody say this. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, For you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Everybody, for you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You're dead. So you're dead. This is the picture that you put your hand, because you're dead in your trespasses and sins, and this, every single time in the Old Testament, when a, a, any kind of animal was slain, it was a foreshadowing, it was a type, it was a picture pointing to Jesus. Pointing to Jesus, as we saw in the video. It was an innocent, an innocent little lamb, typically. There were bulls and goats and different things like this, things that were brought for the shedding of blood. This is what happens. Everybody focus right here. This is amazing. When they cut, when they slaughtered the lamb, what happened? The blood quit circulating. The blood quit circulating. And the animal died. It was a 
physical picture of the state, the spiritual state of the person. That the Holy Spirit that brings you life has been cut off from you. And therefore there must be a payment. What this does is it focuses on us on one powerful reality. This powerful reality is that Jesus must come and enter into our death. He must come as the Lamb and His blood must leave His body. And He enters into our state of being dead to God. His blood leaves His body. It leaves Him. And it's the picture in the physical realm, but it also has this purchase price in it. But it's the picture of being disconnected spiritually from God. He enters into our spiritual separation from God. Why, does that, why is that so important? What happens? Because he cries out on the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He feels our lostness. He enters into our lostness. Let's look at 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. And just as we do, just would you just lift your head just for a moment, close your eyes just for a moment. Let's with gratitude, first of all, just acknowledge with our hearts that we're thankful for Jesus having entered into our position of death. That He took on our spiritual death for us. So that we could enter into His life. That we were cut off from God. We were dead in our sins. But Jesus came and gave Himself to the point of death that the blood left his body, which is the picture of our, that love and trust and truth did not circulate anymore. And that's what happened in the, in the Garden of Eden, that love and trust and the truth of God was cut off and we were dead. And Jesus had to come and enter into that. He had to come and enter into what is it like to not know that God is there? And everybody who's born, was born of Adam and knows that God is not there and has a, has a propensity to blame God. You all know this. We preach the gospel here. But Jesus enters in as the lamb and he's, he empties his blood out. And it's the picture of, our, of death now. There's no life. He enters into death. And it's the picture of us now spiritually being separated from God. Now let's look at this verse. Knowing that you were, everybody say, ransomed. This word, uh, I'm going to define it in a minute, but it also means to redeem and deliver. Uh, it means that to be released upon the receipt of receiving a ransom. You were ransomed from the futile, the futile ways. The word futile, we'll look at it in a minute too, but it means useless, of no purpose. Futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things, such as silver or gold. 
Everybody go ahead and laugh. Because the best we can come up with on earth is silver and gold. Stuff that perishes. Not with that stuff. What he's saying is this. You cannot earn your salvation. You can't buy it. You can't trade anything for it. There's nothing you've got that'll pull it off. It's impossible. It has to be another person purchasing it. Not with perishable things such as silver and gold. Everybody say it with me. But with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. With the precious blood of Christ. Okay, the next slide. Ransomed means to be released upon receipt of ransom, to redeem, to deliver from the evils of every kind, internal and external. He says, uh, this purchase is going to cause you to come out of anything that has been, get this, next slide, useless to you, devoid of force or truth or any kind of success or result. I'm gonna, this, is, this is really important to me. Um, we always think in terms of the blood as more like a, not ritually, not like a ritual thing, but um, like um, a spiritual theological thing. A spiritual theological thing. We think, okay, the blood is given to buy us out of, to ransom us out, and, and we know that part. We say we, we're, we're purchased out. But this is the real down-to-earth practical thing. This is down-to-earth practical thing. If you are stuck... If you're stuck with some kind of bitterness in the past, the blood symbolizing death is God's way of helping you put that turmoil to death. Whatever has affected you adversely, whatever you've carried all your life, the blood of Jesus comes and says, you're not going to carry that anymore. I've purchased you from that. All of the torments, all of the missteps, all of the things in life, all of the unfinished business is finished in the blood. It is finished in the blood. In the blood, in the blood, it's done, completely done. You cannot, when, when you are still tethered to something in the past, some tormenting thing, some failure, something, the blood has not shown up yet. The blood has not shown up and said, hold on a minute. I've, I'm here. Because I bought you. And I didn't pay for that. I paid for you without that. And when the blood comes, the blood cleanses it out. Cleanses it out of you. And breaks the power of it to rule over you. And gives you freedom up out of it. Hallelujah. Somebody shoot something up there. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. So if you've carried something a long, long time, the blood hadn't shown up yet. The power of the blood, because the blood is the purchase price out of every problem, out of every sin, out of every hurt, out of every injury, out of every wrong. Jesus said, I didn't, I I dealt with that completely in your life. I paid for that to be broken out of your life. 
I'm about done. Everybody say, shoot, shoot some praise up there. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Let me just go ahead. I've got to circle back around here. See, there are, there are people that can't go into the next season because they haven't closed off this season. There are people that say, okay, the next season I'm going to do the next season, but I'm still, I'm still tormented by the last season. Are you with me? There are people that are going, I get this far, but I can't go any further because there's unresolved, there's unresolved, there's, there's closure necessary to open up the next plane. I can't go here because I got to close here. And the blood. Everybody say, oh, the blood. Oh, the blood says, we're going to close that door. We're going to close that door now. We're going to set you free. That's not going to rule you anymore. That's not going to come up in your life anymore. That's going to be all resolved in the blood. Oh, just pray, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Let's praise Him, hallelujah. Praise Him, magnify the blood, magnify the power of the blood. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I just have one other scripture just to look at here because... It's the blood, the reason the blood is so powerful is not because of just the physical blood that was poured out on the cross. It's what happened with that. Everybody say, it's applied in the spirit realm. It's applied in the spirit realm. And this is what it means. I'm going to read a portion of Scripture and then I'll put a verse up. I think the, the very next thing will show it. It's, this is Hebrews, don't put it up yet, but Hebrews 9, 11 through 15. I'll get to 15 in a minute. It says, When Christ appeared as the high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent. Now look, he's talking about the tabernacle. This is a greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation. He entered once and for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and cows, but by means of his own blood, thus securing eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of ever sanctify for the purification of the flesh, next verse, how much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God. Everybody say, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. He says, now my blood, having been offered before Father God in the spirit realm, releases a purifying power to your spirit and your very conscience, and you can no longer be tormented in your conscience ever again because of the power of the blood that's presented before the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. you got to get this down in you. When you get it down in you, it solves things. It solves things. Hallelujah. I'm going to finish with this. Everybody say, the blood of Jesus Christ redefines our standing before God.
Whoo! Come on, get that in there. Go on, get that in there. Praise God. The blood of Jesus Christ redefines your standing before God. That was the first thought when I sat down to have my devotions. The Holy Spirit said, the blood of Jesus Christ redefines your standing before God. And I went, whoa, who said that? <laughs> Let me write that down. Let me put that down. It redefines my whole life. Redefines my whole relationship. Why? Wow. Ho, woo, gee, mm, man. Ready? Now, the blood of Jesus satisfies the holiness of God. It satisfies the holiness of God. Everybody say it satisfies. God's satisfied. Jesus entered into your death and everything that would kill you. And he shed his blood and died so that all of that would be taken upon him. And he broke the power of it. Hallelujah. Amen. And God satisfied with the pure offering of Jesus' blood presented before him. And now it will purify the conscience of every person that comes before him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You're no longer cut off. You're no longer cut off from the Spirit of the Lord that would bring the power of this cleansing force. The blood of now, the second line, the blood of Jesus saves us by cleansing us from our sins. It saves us. It satisfies God and it saves us. Saves us out of and brings us into God's purposes and plans. Oh, and I love the next one. The blood of Jesus silences the devil. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's why when you pray about the blood, the, the devil was all really loud in your face, and then you mentioned the blood, and he go, mm, mm, mm. he's done with. He's done with because, listen to this, the death he would bring has been swallowed up in Jesus. The sins he would bring had been swallowed up in Jesus. And the blood has been shed in the power of what he would do. See, you can't purchase it. You can't purchase it. He purchased it. And because he purchased it, the power of the blood silences the voice of hell. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and stand together. There's nothing else available on the planet that can accomplish what only the blood of Jesus can accomplish. Just lift our hands to the Lord right now. Just lift our hands. Hallelujah. Lift, their, lift your hands before the Lord. Spirit of God, flow down. I pray now that we come an impartation of the power of the blood into the, into the hands, into the head, into the heart, into the mind, flowing down upon the body, flowing down the, because the blood cleanses. The blood cleanses. I pray for cleansing right now. I pray for cleansing. And the blood gives a most amazing thing. The blood gives peace. It gives peace with God. It gives peace with God. It gives peace from God. It gives peace amidst all situations because the blood introduces peace into the soul of man, introduces peace into the midst of relationships, introduces peace between God and between people. Let's praise Him for the blood. Hallelujah. Ooh, receive that peace. Receive that peace. Go ahead and praise Him now. Praise the Lord. We receive 
we receive the power of the blood of Jesus to bring cleansing to our souls, to bring peace to our lives. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Beloved, I just want to remind you that this incredible power that's in the blood can only be activated by you. By faith and you receiving it and applying it to that specific need in your life. We all have different needs, different cares, different pasts, the things that, that we've brought even to this very moment as you talked about. And we don't want to take them any further than that, but you're the only one that can do that. And that's being in agreement with the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you. Let's just put that particular item once and for all, beloved, under my blood. Because I've already paid for it. I've already taken care of it. It's only needing your application, your applying what I've already done for you to that thing. So let's put it on the doorpost of your heart. And what happens is that that death angel that would come and visit you has to pass over. Let's put it, let's let the covering come on us. The Bible says, put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh. He's the covering because of his blood. Once again, let's lift up our hands again. Just lift them before the Lord once again. We're going to dismiss here just in a second. I just feel like the Lord really, 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 from what Pastor Heather said and from just what the Holy Spirit has highlighted from the message to your soul, some of you feel a certain kind of hope that just entered and wait a minute, wait a minute, this thing is dealt with and I'm not going to be lied to by the devil anymore because Jesus has actually dealt with this for me. Let's go ahead and praise him for that. Praise, that's the prophetic edge of this thing. The Lord has dealt with it for me and I'm going to stand with him and apply it right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's almost like I hear I hear weapons of the devil falling to the floor and clanking. Stuff is dropping. There's works of hell dropping. He would brandish some kind of, a, of instrument to torment and the thing just fell because the blood is there. Because he's silenced now and he can't function the way he used to. Let's praise him. Let's go ahead. Just praise him. Enter in. Praise him. You're just walking in. You're just walking in. Walking in. Walking into the fullness. Walking into his presence. Walking into the realization that it's all taken care of in Christ Jesus. You're not out here on a works trip trying to figure it out on your own with the self-help. Jesus says, no, no, no. Take my hand. I've already done this thing for you. I've completed the work. You receive the depth of what I want to do in you. Hallelujah. Now let's praise him some more. Just praise him. We praise our way into the revelation. We praise our way into the place of receiving. We praise our way into the courts and we receive the provisions. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I feel like, you know what I feel like? I feel like maybe we should do this one again. <laughs> Some version of it. This is powerful to me. Thank you, Jesus. I think the Lord wanted to do it because of several reasons. One of them is stop every thought that is adverse to my purpose for you with the blood.
Amen.